0: Tell me now about entanglement, Einstein's spooky action at a distance, is it related to quantum theory? Welcome to Hazel Howlite's Howling Horoscopes, where we use horror movies to explain new and full moons. We have a full moon coming up. It's a full moon in Virgo. And a full moon in Virgo means that the sun is in Pisces. And for some reason, this is the first time that I really thought about the balance and dichotomy between where the moon is and where the sun is, because I'm usually just focused on the moon. Maybe it's because I'm a Virgo, but this time I feel very concerned about The balance and the, how it kind of takes two opposites to make a whole and how, in my mind, there's a lot of things, um, there's a lot of, Pisces represents a lot of shadow for Virgo and Virgo represents a lot of shadow for Pisces so kind of the back and forth like as a virgo i'll look at pisces and in the past i have thought that things were things about pisces were kind of obnoxious like y'all dream so much and you're just chilling and positive and Not really based in reality, but as I have gone through shadow work, I've thought a lot about how beautiful that is and how much I need to, instead of being mad at that, I guess I realized I was jealous of it and I needed to integrate it into my life. And I think that a lot of Pisces could take on some Virgo aspects and integrate that into their life. And would become more balanced people. So as a full moon, it's a time for harvest and gratitude and acknowledging where you've come since the new moon and really just leaning into being grateful for what you do have and being grateful for the things to come. Being in Virgo, Virgo rules the digestive system. So side note, I'd recommend go get you some kombucha. But it's a great time to focus and plan and strategize. Um, Those are beautiful things that come from Virgo, but a shadow side of it, because that's what I like to talk about, is being a little bit too critical. First of all, being too critical of yourself, because that doesn't help ever at all, out of moderation anyways, but also finding the balance between if you're going to take some of the, I guess, blame and the critical analysis, being critical of yourself, don't you can make that a positive thing. You don't need to take, take it and put that judgment on anybody else. I think that as people, we, we like to blame. And if we're not blaming ourselves and putting ourselves in a fucking hole, then we're blaming somebody else, which when we're, <laughs> when you point a finger, you got three pointed back at you, bud. So we just need to find the balance in that. And in knowing that you've done, you've put in the work that you feel capable of in the moment, you've put in work that makes you feel good, instead of expecting perfection. There's that word. (laughs) Because, you know, perfection's for assholes. And I've done that so much, honestly. I have spent so much time thinking that something needs to be perfect before I start it. I I think I may have talked about this before. But nothing will ever be perfect. So if you're waiting for something to be perfect to start it, you're never going to start because it'll never be perfect. And even... Once you're doing it and you're getting a really good grasp and you feel really good about it, it's still not perfect because it's so subjective. I guess perfection to, to you. If I feel something that is perfect, something that I'm producing, if I feel that it's perfect. I don't know. Is that even possible? <laughs> that would be a good feeling, but it's unnecessary. The most perfect thing you can do is doing. So, let's focus. Let's plan. And let's be gentle with ourselves. Your horror movie mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch Only Lovers Left Alive. It was written and directed by Jim Jarmouche. <laughs> so, Only Lovers Left Alive. Officially, my favorite. Yep, yep, my most just favorite vampire movie. Interview with a vampire coming in on a close second. It's so good. You should definitely watch it, especially if you're listening to this. You should really watch Only Lovers Left Alive. It's. Amazing. Amazing doesn't even do it justice. It is. It's, it's got a vibe to it, you know, and it just makes you feel, oh, there's like a depth and a warmth, but it's also, it's still vampires. It's so, it's like, it's like a cozy vampire movie. That sounds weird, but it's how I feel. So a big part of it, and I talked about this a little bit, was the, um, the, the balance, the Virgo and the Pisces. Watching this movie, you look at Adam. I ain't never seen <laughs> a Virgo better represented. Um, it's also funny because Tom Hiddleston, he played Loki, who is the Norse Correspondence to Mercury, um, the Roman god and Mercury rules Virgo. It's kind of perfect, but his attention to detail and like he makes funeral music and his reclusiveness, the, and how like how much, if y'all don't know, Virgo corresponds to the hermit card in tarot. If this dude ain't a hermit, ain't a Virgo, I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I would, uh, I'll fall on a sword. Uh, uh, what else? I, I swear on somebody's grave, this fool of Virgo. And then you have Eve and... There's that Pisces energy that she brings in how she can tell uh what something is and when it was made by touching it. She feels the things while Adam knows the things. And there's that balance that comes together to make kind of a whole. And also her her optimism and her tell this one <sighs> Ugh. but her otherworldly dreaminess about her. They feel so different, the two of them, but as does Virgo and Pisces, but together makes this beautiful thing. Um, beautiful arguments, beautiful conclusions, because we're getting the whole thing. We're getting the yin and the yang. And personally, Balance generally has been coming up for me a lot. Um, the other day, so I like to I pull. I like to have two tarot cards a morning for myself. And the other day, I pulled Two of Pentacles, followed by the Lovers, and it was I don't know, perfect to use the word perfect. You know, thinking about this movie, and then I pull Two of Pentacles and I pull The Lovers, and both of them are about balance. Two of Pentacles is more of a juggle, and figuring out, it's kind of like a, uh, well, I would say that the point of it is to find the middle ground of the pendulum that we vacillate back and forth about things on. For me, I I usually have to, uh, have to experience to my capacity the pendulum fully on one side and then completely on the other side to be able to find the middle, which is what the Two of Pentacles is typically asking you to do. And then you have the Lovers, which is, uh, corresponds to Gemini, actually, but so you think of lovers, you think of twins, you think of Gemini's also ruled by Mercury. Um, finding that middle ground, finding the balance, finding your yin and your yang, because to date yourself would be so one-sided. So right now is actually, in my mind... I would say it's a pretty good time to be relating to Adam, but you can't forget Eve. You got to keep that. But this full moon in Virgo is, it's, it's got Adam vibes all the way. The um, lighter side of it, you know, what would feel good is to say very little, just do the thing. You know, he he's a little sneaky <laughs> and walking lightly. And also, and I feel like this is a very strange comparison, but I think of Adam and I think of the song Vitamins by Queen Herbie. You know, been focused on my shit, making moves in silence. It's that. Make your moves in silence. Focus on your shit, make your moves in silence. However, we can't forget Eve. And what? What comes up for me with her very much is the uh, when she's talking to him and she's like, how have you lived for so long and still not get it? The self-obsession is a waste of living that could be spent on surviving things, appreciating nature, nurturing kindness and friendship and dancing. And that comes back around to the, you know. Be careful not to be too critical of yourself because you'll miss out on all the good stuff. <laughs> and dancing, that reminds me of, um, and I did this for a very long time until I just quit giving a shit. Being out in public and you look around and there's all the people, like, like specifically at a show, which you know, we don't get to do anymore, but we'll hopefully be able to do again soon, but all those people who just stand there, and I do, I do recognize and respect um, the people who stand there because that's what feels best for them, but the people who stand there because they're afraid of looking dumb, because they're afraid of dancing, they're afraid of anyone seeing them dance, because It's not good enough. Because what? They're not... They don't got the moves? You don't have to. Just move and have fun. Don't stop yourself from having fun because you... Because you want to be perceived a certain way. I myself would much prefer to be seen as somebody who... Doesn't give a fuck and has as much fun as I can. Thanks, Eve. So, while we are treading lightly and we are not being too critical of ourselves or anyone else, which comes up another line that Eve said, How, you always have the convenience of the zombies to blame when you get low. We don't need to blame anyone, we just need to work on it. And I think that blame is sort of an excuse not to do the work. And if we're not doing the work, what are we doing? We could be surviving things and appreciating nature, right? Do the work, survive it, talk to your shadow. Whatever you have inside of you caged away. Have a conversation. What is it about? The thing. The creature in you. What is it about it that makes you so ashamed of it? And why do you keep it in a cage? Because you certainly don't need to. Have a conversation. Have an argument. Find your balance. You don't need to go ape shit, But also, I mean, like, you can if you want. That's another thing that's been coming up for me a lot is, like, at any moment, and there's just a freedom to it, and I don't plan on it. <laughs> but at any moment, I could just choose to completely lose my shit. I could, I don't actually want to, but I could. Isn't that a weird thing? You could go run around in the streets naked. You could, and there's always consequences obviously, but I mean, you could, I'm not saying do it. It's, there's more balance to that than there is Uh, run around in the streets naked. You could commit murder. You could do anything. And by comparison, is doing the thing that you want to do that you feel may better your life? Is that more scary? Or is it less scary? Is that an easier balance to find? Which actually brings me... <laughs> okay, so Ava. Ava's the sister. Eve's sister. Um, It's actually... This movie was just so perfect and spot on for me. For like what's happening. And has been happening astrologically. Lately. To me, Ava is all those planets in Aquarius... We have, um, currently, we have Mercury, Jupiter, and Saturn in Aquarius. We had, I don't know, a little while back, not far, Jupiter and Saturn conjunction in Aquarius. And then we also just very recently, like last week, had Saturn and Uranus, um, Saturn in Aquarius, Uranus in Taurus squaring. And this is, um, where Ava really came for me, came in for me was that square and how she represented. So, okay. Sorry. Let me backtrack. I get a little excited. Um, Saturn is all about restriction and, you know, like the old ways and the old rules. And then we have Uranus coming in and that's all about new. Whenever I think about Uranus, I think about, um, Nikola Tesla. I think about electricity. I think about new ideas. And so having them square was so Ava to me. Or when I saw Ava, it was, it just represented that so well. So the new and the old. There's something about her that feels younger, right? Newer than, um, Adam and Eve. But at the same time, she's embodying the old ways of vampires much more than they are you know she ate ian sidetrack a little bit let's talk about ian don't be an ian if you're in a dark bar with people and they're wearing sunglasses first of all don't put sunglasses on to try to like be cool second of all don't trust them if you're in a dark bar with people wearing sunglasses do not go to a second location with them. I wouldn't do it. But to get back to Ava, the funny thing about her is that she has this aliveness, um, that feels very Uranian, but she's also <laughs> drinking blood straight from a neck, which is very Saturnian. The old ways and the new ways. And I also think a very interesting thing about her is like, so I love the characters, Adam and Eve, so much. And I think when I initially saw her, I thought Ava was like really annoying and clearly Adam just too. (laughs) Except I really like the way she dressed super into that but she was super obnoxious. She's like, goes in and she touches it. And maybe this is because I'm a Virgo too. She goes in and she touches all of his things. And she just like is just in their space. And that would drive me insane. But here we are at the shadow. Okay. So I'm looking at that and I'm like, what is so bothersome about that? She's going to, what's bothersome is she's going to, um, what's the word inflict. She's going to be the start of things changing and uh, not everyone likes change. (laughs) I don't like change, but I also understand that it's completely necessary. So looking at Ava, I'm seeing her and I think she's annoying and she's touching the things and I know she's going to be like the end of whatever life they're living now because she's so much, but forgive me if I'm wrong. She also seems to be the one of the three that's living to the fullest. I mean, she killing people, but she's the happiest she seems the happiest. That's another part. You never really know. But, I mean, she's just moving through life. She dances. And, okay, so she kills Ian. She, uh, destroys all of Adam's stuff. And she drinks all of their blood. So, it's, it's, um, If you know tarot, (laughs) it's a really big tower moment. The um, tarot card is a picture of a tower and it's on fire and it's cracking and people are jumping out of the windows. And to represent that as times of life, it's when you have let something stay the same for so long. That it has to be lit on fire and it has to be almost a violent detachment from what you've been used to, to figure out that it wasn't really working for you. And maybe you were afraid of change, but you were so afraid of it that now it's on fire. Now it's being ripped away from you. Now you have to jump out of the window and hope you survive. Because if you stay in the tower, you're going to get burnt down with it. So if you're like, you know, a person who is uh, into journaling. I thought about some things with this movie to um, at least at the very least think about. Journaling, I feel like you tend to get, um, to a deeper root. But, you know, if you're not there and you don't want to do it, don't. But, things to think about. Um, in the movie, I noticed that, so Adam and Eve had their own ways of getting their blood. And, um, so Adam, dressed up like a doctor and went to a hospital and got it from a guy. And Eve went to um, Kit, who I don't even know where he got it from, but he would give, he would share with her. And then Kit ends up dying. So there's that cutoff. Like you don't, you don't get blood through him anymore. So how are you going to get it? And then, um, well, and after Ava destroyed all of their stuff and killed somebody, they, they had to leave. So Adam wasn't getting his from the guy at the hospital anymore. So something, um, about this time and a time of sorting out the details in your life. And to use this movie as a metaphor, which is exactly why I created this podcast. What in your life would the blood in this movie represent? But think about how whatever it is, I mean, those you could go extreme and just go bad shit, but if you can do that, not to say you should, if you can do that. Then think about all the other things that are easy to do, that are balanced, that you don't have to go bash it to do. The things that you want to do that you're afraid of doing, dancing in public, creating a podcast, creating anything and putting it out into the world, that's scary. And where do you get it? And... Is it sustainable? And if it's not sustainable, how can you make it sustainable? Or how can you be at ease with the fact that it's not? And what can you do with it that is innovative? Like uh, the blood popsicles. So for me, just as an example, the blood is, um. Oh, this is what I've been going through. The blood is the, is mostly like my work life, I would say. And there's what I want to be doing. And then there's what I'm doing and trying to make that transition and what i'm doing is sustainable and what i want is to make what i want to do sustainable so figuring that out so if i'm making what i want to do so the blood represents what i want to do and where do i get my blood where do i get my blood i get it so it's by doing the thing, right? Sitting here, making this podcast, doing the amalgamation of other things I want to kind of have tagged on to this podcast. So where do I get my blood? I get my blood from, honestly, movies, books, um, tarot, astrology, and I pull these things and I kind of mix them together. So I get my blood from myself and my intuition and the seeds that I've planted over years of knowing what I know about astrology and tarot. Is it sustainable? Not yet. And how do I make it sustainable? Or am I okay with it not being sustainable? I think that currently. I am okay with it not being sustainable, but I would like to work towards it being sustainable. And the way that I do that is I sit down and I do the work and I put the things together. And so also what can you do with it? That's innovative. That one I'm keeping to myself and there's a billion ways. So what does the blood represent? You could, I mean, the blood could represent a love life, a person, a feeling, a thing, something you want to do, something you want to have. So I'm going to read back through the list. Um, what in your life does the blood in this movie represent? Where do you get the blood? Is it sustainable? If not, how do you make it sustainable? Or are you okay with it not being so? What can you do with it that's innovative? And the last question Where do you fear? Your own imagination. That one's kind of a deep dive. Where do you fear your own imagination? So I'm going to end this with the idea of spooky action at a distance. And while it is kind of different um the thing about spooky action at a distance there wait i'll read it off because i love the way they explain it in this movie okay when you separate an entwined particle and you move both parts away from the other even at opposite ends of the universe if you alter or affect one The other will be identically altered or affected. Spooky. It's a little different, but it's an idea that makes me think, makes me have trust and believe that the things that are made for you will come to you. Of course, you have to put in work. You have to focus. You have to work out the details. Hello, Virgo full moon. But if it's made for you, it's coming. So I hope you have a super good Virgo full moon. I hope you dive deep and I hope that you release the things that are keeping you from what you're entwined with.